It's a Northwest Lifestyle Weekend on Como News. Welcome to the Fast Lane. Nick Miles is our auto expert, so drop it into gear. It's a green flag. Here's Nick. Man, have we got a packed show for you on this week's episode of Our Auto Expert. We're going to talk about the Honda Clarity Plug-In Hybrid. Uh, I actually have two electric cars in my driveway this week that I've been testing. We'll talk a little bit about that in a second. Uh, We're also going to talk to Patrick McKenna from Mini Takes the States. Now, this is an event that happens once every two years. Every Mini owner in the United States is welcome to come and drive it. And it is a two-week event where you normally drive a long route and each day you have a celebration. And this coming June, they're going to do these events for Mini Texas States, but it's going to be two. They're going to start one in the South and one in Portland, Oregon, and drive to meet together in Denver. And I'm going to do it in my Mini. It's going to be fun. You want to do it, don't do you, you Megan? A, do you need a driving partner? <laughs> uh, I'm doing the... I think I'm doing both legs. So what's going to happen is I'm going to drive from Portland to um, LA and then fly to Dallas and pick it up in Dallas and come up the other way. We, we'll talk about more more of that with Patrick. You That's clearly good. need a driving partner. You, you, know, you know what? You blew something for me right now. What? I hadn't introduced you guys here. But, but since we're at this point in the show, Megan, Jan, and Chris are here this week. Uh, Megan from Mummy Travels, uh, Jan, who is our executive producer, and Chris, who's uh, the angry, angry red-headed stepchild. You got that right. <laughs> so we're all here in the studio today. Uh, and what else is on the show, uh, Jen? We're going to talk a, a little bit about a couple of other things. Jen, what are we talking about? Um, the 2018 Clarity. Yeah, so we talked about that. Uh, we're going to talk about plug-in hybrid Clarity. Yep. We're talking about mini Texas states what else uh subaru the new yes. ascent so uh michael McHale is going to join us to talk about the new ascent i'm kind of excited about this car because it's a three it's the largest subaru they've ever made a three-row suv shaking your head what? i just don't understand like the subaru thing at all i mean living up here in oregon there's a bunch of subaru know, like you, you, you live <laughs> in oregon remember you. that remember we're in seattle <laughs> so it's slightly different in oregon but this is the brand for the Northwest. It really is. Subaru is the brand. You cannot go to a ski hill without seeing every other car as a Subaru. Uh, used to be an Outback. The Ascent is here, three row, but Subaru are neck and neck with the dog community. It's like, if you have a Subaru, you have to have a dog. Also something I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> you're definitely the odd person out here uh, from from Dallas or from Texas. You're not from Dallas, but from Texas. Texas, yeah. And uh, you just don't fit in the mold of the Northwest, you're do you? You're right. You should have a pickup truck and a cow. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I have the pickup truck, not true. but not a cow. <laughs> Wait. I, have I could have gone so many directions with that. <laughs> so many directions. You know how I feel about cows, Nick. Yeah, right. So many directions I could have gone with that. All right. Uh, and then we're going to talk to uh, Anton Wallman here, who's our uh, crazy uh, independent analyst and uh, investor. Um, Anton's going to fill us in on sales results, which happened this week. Uh, everybody came out with their sales results. It's kind of interesting. Um, we're going to talk Tesla, which I know is going to make Jen mad. We're going to talk Tesla because, again, uh, it looks like there's more things happening with the Model 3 that uh, is sad and don't forget the hypercars from geneva yes uh, we can talk about uh, the cool cars coming out in geneva auto show came out in geneva auto show which is uh, last week now uh, all of the vehicles that were announced at geneva so that that's kind of cool anybody else want to talk about other stuff on the show today where have you been megan well i just got back from dallas and how was that i was uh running this kia stinger through an auto cross course and it was 
Amazing. And I get to drive the Kia Stinger um, on ice this week. Oh. So that's going to be exciting. So how was driving the Kia Stinger in an autocross? It was fantastic. It's the second time I've gotten to do it. What was different this time is they had professional drivers out there. They're doing a thing all across the country right now. And people can sign up for free and do it themselves. And what part of the thing is the professional takes you on a hot lap. And it was it was I, insane. I saw, you, I saw the video of you in the car on the hot lap. Or at the beginning of it. I couldn't watch. I felt like I was working out. Like, it was intense. All right. When we come back, we're going to be talking about the new Honda Clarity plug-in hybrid. Uh, Remember, it also comes in a fuel cell and an electric version. And I drove the electric version last week. And uh, Natalie will join us from Honda. That's as our auto expert returns. More Our Auto Expert with Nick Miles is coming up on Como News. Start your engines, and they're off. Back to our auto expert, Nick Miles. This is Como News. All right, welcome back. Natalie Kumaratna is on the phone from Honda, and Natalie is an expert in all things clarity. Uh, Natalie, I have driven this vehicle, and you must be excited because, uh, first of all, we should explain, it is the first vehicle that uh, Honda have made that it's available in three different power choices, isn't it? Yes. So the Clarity Series actually is power of choice. There's three different environmentally friendly powertrains. So we have the Clarity Fuel Cell, the Clarity Electric, and the Clarity Plug-in Hybrid. So the Clarity Electric is meant for that person that's an urban commuter. The Clarity Plug-in Hybrid, which is our mainstream green vehicle, really is for that consumer that might have um, range anxiety. So it has a gasoline backup. So essentially, it's putting that anxiety to rest because you'll have a gasoline backup. So when you run out of a charge, you have endless range with gas. And then you have the hydrogen fuel cell vehicle, which is really our alpha technology out of the three. It's also considered an electric car, but it creates its electricity on board, converting hydrogen fuel that then powers the electric motor. I'm most excited, Natalie, about the hydrogen version because um, my personal belief is hydrogen is the fuel of the future. Um, But it's only really available in Southern California. That's where the only place that hydrogen is available, right? Exactly. So today the market exists in Southern California as well as the Bay Area. So Northern California as well. There's the hydrogen stations that have a healthy network. And we're also looking to expand that network in the Northeast next mirroring what California has done. So California is kind of the golden um, case study and other states are looking to adopt that. And we have deployed um, a few hundred fuel cells out here and it's been really well. Consumers are loving their cars. There's a fast refill time with hydrogen. It's three to five minutes. So it's comparable to the gasoline experience. You go to a station, you refuel, and then you're on your way to go. And it's long range as well. Our Clarity has 366 miles of range so there's no long charging time that you get with a a all-electric car today so people are usually down for a couple hours to charge their car with hydrogen fuel it's three to five minutes so Uh, that's super quick i love that idea so comparable to electricity where is uh where is the hydrogen on miles per gallon so it's a little bit different um you fill it up per kilogram it's per weight. Are you going uh, to make and, me do math now? Is this going to be a math <laughs> thing? <laughs> yeah, so, it's, it's a little bit more complicated than that. Um, but actually, Honda pays for your hydrogen fuel. 
for essentially the term of your lease for a three-year lease. So it's about $15,000 worth of hydrogen fuel. You get a card. Yes. So we're taking away that barrier to entry so people don't have to worry today about the price of hydrogen fuel until it's on par with gasoline prices. Okay, and eventually so, it'll, so, get, so, it'll right, get that So place. right now it's a little more expensive than gasoline. It's but... a little bit more expensive. Okay. So once we build up that market demand and consumers, you know, it grows and there's more stations, then, you know, prices will eventually drop. That's just economics. So today we're making that a non-issue with providing people fuel cell cards for their hydrogen fuel. So what was the range on the hydrogen vehicle? Uh, 366 miles, is that what you said? Yes, it's 366 miles. That is the longest range of any electrified vehicle as far as zero emissions goes. All right. I mean, I, I mean, I love that idea of 366 miles on a single tank. Right now, if if you're in Northern California or or Southern California, where you guys have the fill-up stations, how many stations are there? Is there like one station in like San Francisco, or are there multiple stations? So I could perhaps make a journey up from Southern California to Northern California. There are clusters of stations. Um, there's a handful, you know, in in major cities, and they're close to the freeways. So they're all centered in, in clusters and then we have what we call connector stations so if you want to go from los angeles to the bay area there's a station in harris ranch so we have these cluster stations so versus natural gas which were kind of more industrial not really in great locations hydrogen fuel cell stations or hydrogen stations are in existing locations now i'm just going to put you on hold for a second uh, when we come back we're going to talk about the other honda clarities that are available that includes the hybrid and electric versions of the car which i've driven and i have to say i'm pretty impressed that's all when we come back keep listening nick miles our auto expert is moments away on como news 1000 fm 97.7 como news 1000 fm 97.7 jump right in and put the pedal to the floor our auto expert with nick miles continues Welcome back to Our Auto Expert. I'm Nick Miles. With us is Natalie from Honda on the phone. We're talking about the new Clarity. Uh, Hydrogen, not quite here yet in Seattle. However, what is available is the new electric and uh, plug-in hybrid versions of the Clarity. Natalie, is that on sale now? Yes, all three variants are all available today. The Clarity plug-in hybrid is available nationwide at all Honda dealerships for lease and retail sale. The Clarity Electric is available for lease only as of August 1st in select markets in California and Oregon. And the Clarity Fuel Cell has been available for lease for a little bit over a year in select markets in California due to the hydrogen uh, station infrastructure. So let's talk a little bit about uh, the electric. Is it on par? Is the Clarity Electric on par with the other electrics that are available from either Tesla, like the Model 3, or the Leaf? Uh, how does it rank up against its competition? Great. That's a great question. So what is common across all three Clarities is that they are super roomy, super spacious. So they are five-passenger mid-size sedans. And I'm talking real 
people five passenger. A lot of electrified vehicles, people have been compromised on space. They've been really tiny cars. And the Clarities are all really big, roomy sedans. You can think a core like family sedan. It's, it's great for um, hauling groceries, hauling kids. So we wanted to make it no compromise and fun to drive. So Clarity Electric is super affordable. Its lease is $199 a month. You have Honda Sensing Standard, which is our safety and driver assistive technologies, helping you stay safe on the road. And none of our competitors can say that they are this roomy, this premium at that price point. Again, Honda is delivering on fun to drive safe, roomy, comfort, and then being affordable. Now, Megan, you've driven you've driven the Honda Clarity, right? I have. What I was, did, which I one really did you impressed. drive? So I got to drive the fuel cell, and I also got to drive the plug-in. I primarily drove the plug-in. Now, you have a teenage boy who's just about to get driving, or is driving. Yeah, got he his got license. his license yeah, a hey, no, And uh, you, so you have a, a teenage boy that has a license, and you have two other kids. Is this a family vehicle? Is it big enough for you? Because It, it is th- big enough. So one of the things we did is um, I was on a drive with other automotive journalists, and three of us got in the back, and we had plenty of room. All right. I, I like that real real American size uh, sizing. Would you put your teenage boy in this? Yes. I really like the Honda Sensing, oh, which comes safety. in all of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, Natalie, tell us what Honda Sensing includes. Uh, I know you have that really cool camera that comes on when you need to change lanes, right? Yeah. So that is called Lane Watch, um, which which helps you see, you know, what's going to the side of a car, so you can safely switch lanes to the right. But Honda Sensing includes a lot of great features. So it's our safety suite. So it includes collision collision mitigation braking so the car will sense objects like vehicles or pedestrians in front of you and it'll flash up brake and then it can actually brake for you um, if needed right and then we have lane departure mitigation lane keep assist these two features help you stay narrow in the lane tugs you in and it reads the lane marks I love it. I love it. Um, And I really enjoyed my time in it. Natalie, thanks for joining us today. More on Honda Clarity at Honda's website. When we come back, we're going to talk about a uh, almost 14-day trip around the U.S. with Mini Takes the States. Como News 1000 FM 97.7. Our auto expert with Nick Miles will be right back. Our auto expert continues on Como News. Here's Nick Miles. Well, welcome back. I, uh, last two years ago, almost two years ago now, went on a trip around the country. We started in Atlanta and ended in uh, Palm Springs with uh, Mini. And it's called Mini Takes the States, where Mini owners get together and drive this amazing road trip almost for two weeks. The guy who has been my longtime friend at Mini is joining us on the phone, Patrick McKenna. Pat, we had a, a pretty good time on last Mini Takes the States, didn't we? We did indeed. It's always it's always a great time and it's always great great to have you there. You know, one of the things that came out of that was uh, I learned not to trust anybody if I fall asleep in a car because they take pictures of me and post them on uh, social media. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, that was kind of funny. So tell me a little bit about uh, Mini Takes Estates, how it started, and then we'll talk a little bit about the new Mini Takes Estates, which has been announced for, for this summer. So where did this all start and why did it start? So it started back in 2006 and it happens pretty much every other summer. So 
this is actually here we are 12 years later um, 2006 was the start and the the plan back then was to deliver a special car there was there was a car called the mini GP which is kind of a high performance mini with the rear seats removed and all kinds of uh, performance upgrades and we delivered them to owners um, at Laguna Seca so out near near Monterey. And then we went from there all the way across the country to Lime Rock Park in Lakeville, Connecticut to deliver the other batch of of mini GPs. So it was a cross-country trip centered around this very special model. And as I said, we've been doing it ever since every other summer. Um, And it's just been great. We've, there are times when we do coast to coast. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll go from New Jersey to LA. We've done San Francisco to Boston. We've done Atlanta to, to uh, Palm Springs um, that you were just referencing. And uh, it's just loads of fun. Loads of fun. I am amazed, and it's so hard to try to sum this up in in words, but since I'm a radio guy, I could probably do a good job. Uh, The amount of people on these events, because daily it was about 1,300 people, right? Yeah, absolutely. It it truly is is massive. Um, and as I like to say, it's a bit of suspended reality. So it's it's kind of like Disney World, you know, takes the states. Um, so it's last time, two years ago, it was about 4,300 people. We're expecting 5,000 this go around. Uh, the number that keeps increasing are the people that choose to go the whole distance with us. Um, and that is uh, so uplifting, but at the same time, it's really incredible that you have, you know, sometimes, you know, between a thousand and thirteen hundred with you every single day. Um, and, uh, that, that's what's truly remarkable. And, uh, what that entails is a lot of coordination with local police to close down roads. So, because when we, when we get together, you definitely notice the, all the minis in town. Yeah. Imagine 1300 minis coming past your house. It's, it's, I mean, it's just unbelievable. My favorite story, Pat, and I'm, I'm sure you've heard this, but I have to tell it my absolute favorite story of last mini takes estates. And there was a, there was a hundred favorite stories. I mean, I was embedded with a mini crew for, for almost two weeks and really a member of the team for two weeks. But my favorite story is, so they had the, the, the mini roadside assistance crew there who would help any mini that got stranded. If you broke down, if they couldn't fix it on the side of the road, they'd get you a tow to a local mini dealer to fix the car. And that was the deal. So these guys from mini were their mechanics with their truck and everything um, and catching up. So these mechanics came across a mini on the side of the road and they stopped and they said, oh, what's going on? He goes, wow. Um thanks for stopping. Uh, yeah, I think it's overheating or whatever. So they, they, they opened uh, the hood and they found out something was wrong and they started working on it and they luckily had the part and they, they got it all ready to go and fixed. And, and they said, all right, you're good to go. And the guy's like, I, I can't believe you just like totally fixed my mini on the side of the road. And they go, okay, we'll see you tonight at the, at the event. And the guy's <laughs> like, what event? Because aren't you part of Mini Takes Estates? He says, no, I just broke, I'm local. I broke down on the side of the road. <laughs> this Mini Crew come. That, uh, Pat, is the absolute best story ever. We'll take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll talk about the new Mini Takes Estates, why you Perfect. chose the route you did, and how people can get involved. Stay tuned. There's more to come with Nick Miles on Como News.
It's our auto expert on Como News. Here's more with Nick Miles. With us on the phone is still Patrick McKenna from Mini USA. Uh, Patrick, so when you had to do Mini Takes the States 2018, what were some of the things that you needed to to do better than you did last time and some of the things you wanted to achieve? Great question. One of the things that we were looking at was just making the overall trip just a little bit shorter, and but giving people the op- opportunity to spend more time together. So our typical trip is 14 to 15 days. Uh, when you're going coast to coast, they tend to be long days. And people said, couldn't we just stay in a city for a few days so we can get to spend more time with each other? So that's what we did this time. So we're actually doing two routes. We're doing one from Orlando, Florida, one from Portland, Oregon, and we're going to converge in Keystone, Colorado. So it's from July 14th to July 22nd. We'll kick off in both of those cities on July 14th, converge in Keystone on the 20th, and then we'll be in Keystone from the 20th to the 22nd, um, more of kind of like a mini festival, if you will. So um, it's a little bit different. We did something kind of like this back in 2010, um, but we're excited about it. And and it's really answering some of those those questions or comments that we got uh, over the years. Now, this time around, I am going to be joining you uh, to start in Portland, and I think I'll be, uh, the plan is I'm going to um, drive from Portland to LA and then jump over to Dallas and come up the other side too. So I'm going to get to experience both of them. Uh, how, how does it work? Run us through how somebody's day would work on Mini Takes the States if they were going to join with their Mini and drive some of the route. Absolutely. So first of all, please go to minitakesthestates.com. That's, that's where you can see the route. We do have one requirement which is it has to be a mini. So uh, I think one year we allowed a Kia in, but he did try to make the car look like a mini <laughs> with bonnet stripes. And, uh, so, so that one we're pretty firm on. You, you have to drive a mini, and I think you, yeah, you, you could come along for one, one or two cities. You can go for the whole way, uh, but definitely visit the website. That's, that's the most important thing to, to see all the details. We'll be going through 14 states, 15 cities, 2,500 miles from the East Coast and the West Coast to Keystone. And we're looking for for about 3,500 people in that Keystone area when we when we converge. So it should be should be just loads of fun. So so as it works, you sign up, you show up uh, to the start and then then what's your day like? So what would you what would you do? And and because I know that last year set up and this or two years ago set up and this year's set up won't be quite the same. Um, but there are sort of gatherings and there are things to see and do along the way, right? Absolutely. We we will start off each morning uh, typically with a rise and shine. So bringing everyone together, staging the cars, um, which is pretty amazing to see all the different cars and, and never do you see two that are the same. Um, and we just start the day together, have some food, have some coffee. And then we we really give people the opportunity how they want to do the, the trip. It tends to be 
not on the highways. It tends to be on the back roads that are fun to drive. And we'll stop at fun places. Like I remember one of my favorite places was the Jello Museum, uh, <laughs> which was was so much fun. Pat, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, I'm sure we will talk many times before uh, Mini Takes the Stakes kicks off. And uh, I look forward to starting with the uh, Northwest crew in Portland and then uh, making some of those legs with you. Keep your radio tuned to Como News. More Our Auto Expert is on the way. He's Nick Miles, and this is Our Auto Expert on Como News 1000, FM 97.7. So we know how much you love Our Auto Expert, and here is the cool thing you get to live with it 24-7, because now you can go to ourautoexpert.com and download the previous shows. You can listen to everything. Uh, it's actually Our Auto Expert on Podbean, or you can go to the website and find the uh, the podcast, or I guess we would call it, of previous shows where you can listen and download them to your phone and have uh, the whole crew in your car, in your home, in your bathroom, uh, 24-7. In fact, just put the shows on repeat and listen to us more and more and more. You can listen to all the cool stuff that we've done on the show. And of course, social media we're always available on social media you can track us down on uh, facebook the twitters or the instagrams uh, on facebook uh, we have our auto expert uh, twitter it's my name which is nick j miles n-i-k-j-m-i-l-e-s and uh, the same on instagram and you can join the whole crew and of course one of the coolest things is uh, and megan will be able to confirm this that you can now follow hashtags on instagram so you can follow our auto expert so do that follow the hashtag uh, more coming up Como News. There's more to come with Nick Miles. Stay tuned. Our auto expert will be right back. It's a Northwest Lifestyle Weekend on Como News. Welcome to the Fast Lane. Our auto expert with Nick Miles continues. So this last week, the Geneva Auto Show took place and there were some very interesting cars. The Geneva Auto Show is kind of the luxury, super rich person's show. Uh, of course, Geneva, Switzerland, there is actually no home team here because there is no Swiss automaker. Did you know that? Whereas everyone else is there's a home team. Japan is obviously Honda, Toyota, Nissan. In uh, Germany, it's uh, VW, the BMW group, Mercedes group. So there's a lot of home teams. Uh, but there's no home team in Geneva, so it tends to be a mucky muck of the most expensive cars. Um, this last week, I drove the Rolls-Royce Phantom, which would be perfectly at home in Geneva. This thing is un-unbelievable. Um, there are about five things that the Rolls-Royce Phantom does uh, for rich people that we have to do for ourselves, which includes that the floor actually comes up to meet your feet. So as you're sitting in there, you can push a button and the floor raises up. So it, uh, It's meets, nice for yeah, you, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's nice for me because normally my feet dangle off the edge of the seat. And then they also it has the curtains draw themselves automatically. So it has curtains on the side and in the back and they just close automatically by a push of a button. And then uh, you push another button and the table in the seat in front folds out and the screen comes out. Um, so, you know, like in an airplane, even in first class, you have to pull out your table yourself and, you know, then adjust your screen to... You don't have to do that in the Rolls-Royce Phantom. Some of the other cars that were announced in Geneva were uh, were pretty cool. 
The uh, Bugatti Chiron, uh, $2.6 million for a coupe. This is an unbelievable car. Uh, trimmed in carbon fiber, um, has uh, beautiful accent colors. Uh, the 2018 uh, McLaren Senna with, with, with 789 horsepower is the most powerful road legal car to date. Uh, the company has already sold around 500 units of this uh, million dollar supercar. And by the time it hits the stands, uh, they will already have a bunch of money in their pocket. Um, also, Porsche will show its aggressive new 911 GT3. That's just $187,500. Uh, how many do you want of those, Jen? Hmm? How many? Yeah, it's about, it's about the same price as your house. No. I don't, you don't, you're not into it? No, it, not into this car. If it had a four-wheel <laughs> drive, would you be into it? Nope. Really? Nope. Um, Jen likes her big trucks, of course. Megan, what about you? <laughs> no. no. If someone gave me one, yeah. Would you put Noah? That's a good question. Would you put Noah in a GT3, a 911 GT3? <laughs> I would. He's very responsible. He is? Yeah. It's it's uh, your younger one that's irresponsible, isn't it? No, they're all great kids. Jo <laughs> jo Jonah's the one that you would worry a little bit about doing something you shouldn't do. Lord, Jonah's going to be in a fraternity someday and have himself a wonderful time. <laughs> he would love that car. Uh, Ferrari bringing out a uh, special edition 488 with 710 horsepower. Uh, I do love me a little bit of Ferrari. Now, this as well. is the one I want. Really? You'd, yeah. well, you'd have the Ferrari over the Porsche. Oh, any day. You know, I met the head of Porsche uh, who said to me um, very nicely, uh, someone came up to him when I was talking to him about the car company, and then he turned to me and he said, Philistine, it is a Porsche, not a Porsche. You sit on a Porsche and watch the sunset. You drive a Porsche. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, I thought was really good. He was Indian, by the way. Um, <laughs> he, was, he was a really, really nice guy. Uh, what else came out at uh, the Geneva Auto Show? The Corbalati, a family-owned brand, announced its uh, 1,800 uh, 1, horsepower V8 missile hypercar that will be able to do 311 miles an hour. I had this discussion with Roman Micah from the Fast Lane car this week. Why do you need a car that goes over 85 miles an hour? Why wouldn't you? Exactly. Because 85 miles an hour is the legal speed limit in the United States. Because you could take them on the track. 311 miles an hour. I've never. I've been over 200 miles an hour and had have to wear ever, a diaper. Have you ever driven across the state of Texas? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or Nebraska. That's, That's why you need a car that's 311 miles per hour. That'd be amazing. Nebraska's yeah. the same way. Really? Oh, my God. Montana. Yeah. Wyoming. Why do they have speed limits of 85 miles an hour? I'm just saying. Like, well, I'm you can saying. see the cops anyways because it's so flat. It's like... Field, field, bridge, cop. Oh, slow down. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder how many speeding tickets they give out in those states. All right, uh, when, we were, when we return, we're going to talk about uh, pets and cars and Subarus with Michael McHale from Subaru. Stay tuned. There's more to come with Nick Miles on Como News. It's our auto expert on Como News. Here's more with Nick Miles. Well, one of the things I love to talk about is animals, and especially when it involves cars and animals. Michael McHale joining us on the phone from Subaru. Um, you are pretty much the animal or the dog brand now, aren't you, Michael? You've sort of cornered the market. 
yeah, I think that's probably true. Yeah, I would agree with that, yeah. So I was at the Los Angeles Auto Show when you unveiled the Ascent, which is your largest Subaru ever, three-row. Um, is it a medium-sized SUV? How, how does it fall into the EPA classifications? It's a mid-sized SUV. It's, it's three-row. It's easily the biggest car we've ever made. And um, it, by EPA classifications, it's mid-sized. But uh, she's a big girl. I love the fact that you had... Um, you had a couple of uh, golden retrievers that were able to sit in the driver's seat and pretend like they were driving the car. A masterpiece of uh, a masterpiece <laughs> of marketing, I have to tell you. Yeah, we did. We, so we've been using, if you've seen our ads, a family of golden retrievers and um, Labradors for a couple of years now, four or five years. And we call them the Barclays, you know. Uh, it's The idea is they're a family of dogs and they can drive around and they get into almost human but sort of dog-like adventures where they go to a restaurant but then they drink from the toilet because you know that's what dogs do and it's a funny thing they do but usually there's four of them so we thought okay well if we have the biggest subaru ever it's a three row you can take eight people in this car let's do eight and they should be puppies so we spoke to the owners of the barclays because it's a real animal trainer and uh, we said look we'd love to drive them on stage live and could we create a Barclay family that's now eight big? And they said, absolutely. So we did it. And it was the cutest thing I have ever done. I think people's heads were exploding just for the cuteness of it. What could go wrong? (laughs) (laughs) I was hoping something would go wrong. I I was saying to the trainers beforehand, you know, if one of the dog pees up the tire, that's okay with me. And uh, (laughs) that didn't happen. That didn't happen, but uh, I know during rehearsals and certainly off camera during the live shoot, a couple of the dogs got amorous with each other because, uh... you know, they were doing rehearsals. It was fine, but then there's a live crowd and the energy goes up and they all got a bit more excited and that translated (laughs) into over-friendliness, you I, I love this idea. Um, when I did my uh, my Fox Sports segment with the Ascent and the dogs, uh, the the dog that normally sits in the passenger seat got to sit behind me in the in the second row, and she was right. not happy. She wasn't happy about doing that because she was used to sitting in the passenger seat as mom, right. and she kept coming up and nudging me, like pushing my arm, like "Hey, you're in my yeah, seat. Yeah. Hey, you're in my seat," which was <laughs> which was kind okay. of cool. Yeah, the, the, that was a whole bunch of fun. Let's talk a little bit about the car. Uh, obviously, uh, you're in the business of selling cars, so why uh, why a large or a larger three row SUV? Well, you know, we've been doing very well in terms of sales for a long time now. We have 10 years of records and 10 years of consecutive growth. and It's been very good. But the reality for some people is that when they get to a certain size of family, they have to leave the brand. We have credible loyalty. We have the highest intended loyalty in the industry. It's over 60% loyalty to the brand, which is, uh, which is a, record, a record high. But of course, the reality is that if you have a fourth or fifth child and you need a third row, we didn't offer that. So reluctantly or not, I can hear you, dog. Reluctantly <laughs> or not, uh, uh, people had to leave. So now we've offered them this third row. It uh, it can seat up to eight people, and it gives people a a reason to stay with us if if they were looking for something bigger. And so strategically, it's fantastic. And people know what Subaru offers. It's safety, reliability, durability. You know, there's a, a, a huge um, 
loyalty followings for Outback and Forrester. So if you look at this new ascent, you'll recognize it as a Subaru. It has some Outbackness to it and some Foresterness to it. And you say, yeah, that's a Subaru. And I like those. And now it's Curio. I did notice that when I saw it on the floor of the Chicago show that I had, uh, a, it took me a second to pick it out because it looks like the Outback. And from, from across the floor, I recognized it as an Outback immediately because it was a long way away and then went, wait a second, that's too big. Um, so you managed no, to, right. yeah, you've managed to keep it within that. At the same time, when you when you get things bigger, you get them that this bigger scale. Have you kept everything Subaru is is famous for the visibility, the all wheel drive? It, it, does yeah. it keep everything? Yeah, so it's it's everything you know about the brand, but just a bit bigger. Michael, I'm going to take a quick yeah. break here. When we come back, I want to talk a little bit about where it's made because I think that'll surprise a lot of people. Keep your radio tuned to Como News. More Our Auto Expert is on the way. He's Nick Miles, and this is Our Auto Expert on Como News 1000, FM 97.7. Michael McHale still on the phone with us from Subaru. We're talking about the new Ascent, the largest Subaru that has ever been built. And, Michael, I think the... the uh, most interesting thing about this vehicle is it is built in the United States. It is. It's built in our factory in Indiana, where we also build the Outback and the uh, Impreza and the Legacy. So it's it starts production in um, maybe about a month now. We're just in pre-production. They're getting the, the line ready now. And yeah, they're very excited there to be building this car. And it's built from U.S. steel, you know, just to keep it topical right now. <laughs> yeah, of course, keeping it in inside the United States. I think that um, I drive past your factory very regularly because I make the, uh, the trip between uh, Chicago, TV stations in Chicago to Indianapolis. And uh, it's it's always interesting for me to I, I didn't realize I was driving past it at first, and I kept driving past these Subarus on a plinth on the side of the freeway, and thinking that's a very right. clever dealer that's got those Subarus out there. And then one day in the winter, because normally it's the summer when I'm driving, I was driving past in the winter where there was no leaves on the trees, and you can actually see the factory behind the trees. And I was like, wait a minute, that's the Subaru oh. factory. Uh, you, you guys have a pretty good reputation for having one of the cleanest factories in the world, don't you? Yeah, we. We were the first factory in the world to be designated a zero landfill. So what that means is uh, anything that goes into the factory does not get put into landfill at end of use. So we're very good at recycling, reusing, reducing. So in the pallets of the car, that the car uh, parts come on, get sent back to the supplier for reuse. Um, anything that the factory uses in the cafeteria gets reused or recycled. It's, it's a very clever system and when I first came to the company 10 years ago I thought oh I bet that's not true I'm sure I can find where we're throwing things away we're not it's, it's a very good system and I looked Michael let me ask you this question because it, it, it was my old boss when I used to uh, anchor television used to say to me if she'd had the foresight in Seattle to buy a Subaru dealer um, years ago she would have been uh, very rich at this point why is Subaru so massive in places like Seattle? Well, we have been a big seller in, in Seattle and in a couple of other markets for a long time. So Denver and um, the, the mountain states and, and a couple of other areas for a long time. And I think that people in those states have always needed a car that gets them out and about. They tend to be adventuresome. They tend to want to do things at the weekend. So they like all-wheel drive for that. It gets them out in the in the, in the the 
environment and they also like the safety and all and the capability that all-wheel drive brings you the rest of the year. So those markets have always been big for us. But interestingly, all the other markets seem to be understanding now what the uh, the, the, the Subaru popular markets have known for a long time, that we're a good purchase. And when you add in the fact that the vehicles have become bigger and, and more suited to the American market over time, with the great advertising and marketing, the love campaign and all the responsible stuff we do, I think it's a very compelling proposition for people now. It's a car that gets them where they want to go. And it's a brand they like. So when you put those two things together, I think it ends up to sales. Michael, I'm going to look forward to seeing you again. I, I guess it will be at New York, in New York um, or uh, perhaps yes, when, I, when I get a chance to drive the Ascent. But uh, I'm looking forward to, to it. And thank you for talking to us about this vehicle. Excited about it, by the way. Um, my very first uh, a new car in the United States was a, was a Forester. All right, my friend. Nice oh, to talk to you. Nice to speak to you. Bye now. Como News. There's more to come with Nick Miles. Stay tuned. Our auto expert will be right back. Como News. Time to set it on cruise control. This is our auto expert. Here's Nick Miles. Welcome back. Anton Warmer, now a famous uh, crazy man scientist, but really an independent investor and analyst on the phone with us. Uh, Anton, there's a lot of news around diesel this week. Uh, two big pieces of news. The growth in diesel in the United States, first of all, looks like we are moving back towards diesel again. Yes, in a very surprising situation here because, of course, in Europe in particular, there is a bit of a collapse in diesel sales. Uh, the sales statistics from most countries in Europe indicate that uh, diesel sales have fallen over the last year from sort of 52 to 50%. 54% of overall sales to 42 to 44%. So that's a drop of about 10 percentage points. On the contrary, though, in the United States, what we're seeing is an avalanche of new diesel models coming onto the market. And they're coming both in the form of pickup trucks as well as cars and SUVs. And when we add up the sales forecast for all of these new diesel models in the United States, we're seeing actually an amazing set of growth rates, uh, specifically if you're counting light pickup trucks, you know, the kind of a half ton class 1500 and Ford F-150, as well as cars and SUVs. We're looking at a 2018 growth rate of 168%. That's an amazing number, especially in the context of falling diesel sales in Europe and the contrast between these two continents. One of the things that I think is most amazing is that even though we have the cleanest birthing diesel we've ever had, and that sort of prompted people like General Motors and Ford now with their introducing the F-150 in a diesel version to come out with more models, it's still a highly toxic gas that's coming out of the tailpipe and it's really hard to clean it. Well, so what's going on here is that the uh, emission standards that have been applied to diesel in recent years were far stringer in uh, the U.S. than it was in Europe. And, of course, uh, what uh, caused the whole thing to unravel was that regardless of what the standards were, uh, Volkswagen managed to cheat on the standards. And then, of course, they started going after all of the automakers. And as it turns out, not all of the automakers had been involved in cheating on these standards. So we have a big confusion in the marketplace. And, of course, that, of course, leads to uh, confusion among the policymakers. And then you get, as we have in Europe, 
suggestions from multiple cities such as Stuttgart and Paris and so forth about banning older diesels from entering city centers. And of course, the headline becomes diesel ban and not diesel ban of older diesels. So that starts to scare the consumers. So even though None of these bans have been applied and probably aren't going to be applied to newer diesels and certainly not diesels that are being sold now and into the future. Uh, the consumers are scared and they're betting on uh, buying a non-diesel instead. I know that uh, diesel is not as readily available as gas. So is everywhere in the country able to purchase and operate a diesel truck without or a diesel SUV without the worry of uh, not being able to fuel it? Well, so in the United States, you know, a rough number, close to about half of uh, fueling stations offer diesel. And in some corner cases, in some particular rural areas, that might be an impediment for a small percentage of would-be buyers to not purchase a diesel. But I don't believe that this is what's holding people back from buying a diesel in the United States. The main reason why people haven't been buying a diesel in the United States, they're really twofold. First of all, there just aren't all that many models available, and there certainly haven't been for many, many years and decades. And the other reason is essentially an institutional memory, if you wish, from the early 80s when GM launched these really horrible diesel converted cars. There were Oldsmobiles and Cadillacs and so forth in the 1980s and 1982 timeframe following the second oil crisis. And those were so bad. The quality was so poor. The cars, the engines just fell apart after a short period of time. And these memories, as as far and distant as they may seem, they, they tend to reside in, in the minds of some uh, older buyers. And uh, And uh, those things, while not applicable at all anymore, have also, I think, held back diesel sales in recent years, although it's starting to wane. Hang on the phone, Anton. And when we come back, I want to talk about the uh, sales figures that just came out and see whether Tesla sales and Tesla production is looking up. That's more as our auto expert continues. More Our Auto Expert with Nick Miles is coming up on Como News. Start your engines, and they're off. Back to our auto expert, Nick Miles. This is Como News. Still on the phone with us, Anton Wallman, independent investor and analyst. We are talking about uh, Teslas and uh, the sales figures that just came out. Anton, uh, was it a good or a bad month for Tesla? Oh, so we now have uh, sales figures uh, for the month of February. They came out of uh, two main sources. First of all, from the various... Uh, governments in Europe where cars are registered. And secondly, they come from the best estimates from the United States as to how many Model 3, Model S, and Model X units are uh, sold in the United States. And on all fronts, February was not a good month for Tesla. Let's start briefly with the United States. 2,485 Model 3 units are estimated to have been sold in the United States in the month of February, which is way, way, way behind the goal that Tesla had guided to at the beginning of this year, let alone what they had been saying in the second half of 2017. So if you look at that, just a little over 2,400 units spread over about four weeks, that's about 600 barely units a week. Now the company was saying that they were at about a thousand units per week entering the month of January and that it was going to go up to 2,500 units a week 
by the end of March. So clearly the company is way, way behind the goal that it has set for itself just a short while ago. So that's the United States. In Europe, where the Model 3 is not yet available for sale, they're still selling, of course, the Model S and Model X. But if we look uh, sort of down the list here, country by country, from Norway to Austria to Sweden to Germany and down the list, we're seeing massive sales declines for the Model S and the Model X in Europe on the general order of 50% to 90%, depending on the country. Maybe this is temporary. Maybe this was a glitch here in January and February where these numbers were very, very poor. But I suspect that one of the major contributing reasons for these sales declines in Europe is that the European would-be Tesla buyers are now looking forward to two new cars that are hitting the European market uh, around the May or June timeframe. And that, that is, first of all, the Jaguar I-Pace, Jaguar's first all-electric car. And secondly, the Hyundai Kona EV, which is um, Hyundai's uh, second uh, major electric car, but it's uh, kind of a crossover and has a, also a larger battery, so it's going to give a range of over 250 miles. So do you think that uh, the winter doesn't have anything to do with it? Because uh, traditionally, you're not going to buy something like a Model S in the winter, and Europe has a, tends to have a vigorous winter. So, so wouldn't sales naturally drop? Well, uh, maybe uh, that could be part of it. But uh, traditionally, if you go back over the last couple of years, uh, seasonality has not been a major factor in Tesla sales yet because it has really been a case of more of sequential sales for them is that the whole market of electric vehicles has been growing relatively fast, almost no matter the overall conditions. Tesla sales in Europe has been impacted more by any swing uh, if at all any applicable of a shift in incentives by governments for uh, what kind of um, sort of purchase support you get in terms of subsidies and, and, and other incentives. Those have tended to impact sales more. So far in the last couple of years, we really haven't seen much of, of weather there yet. So maybe played a part here, but it's not obvious from the numbers. Anton Wallman, independent investor and analyst. Thanks for joining us. And Anton will be back again next week. Keep listening. Nick Miles, our auto expert, is moments away on Como News 1000, FM 97.7. Como News 1000, FM 97.7. Jump right in and put the pedal to the floor. Our auto expert with Nick Miles continues. I hope you enjoyed the show this week. Uh, Jen, you can listen to the show. Even when we're actually not in the studio, can't you? Yes, you can. How do we do that, Jen? Go to Podbean. Or you can go to our website. That too. Ourautoexpert.com. You can uh, have us 24-7 in your ear hole, and uh, we'd be more than happy to talk to you. Uh, of course, you can find us on all the social media uh, apps, including the Twitters, the Facebooks, and uh, also the Instagram. Instagrams. And I like the idea that Instagram have started uh, the hashtag follows, so you can uh, not only listen to us on Como on Sunday mornings and enjoy yourself a lot, but you can uh, keep to up to date with us on social media. We have a lot of very cool uh, social media stories of which Jen is one of the people that has been programming them and uh, tracking all the news for us. So those cool stories that you will check out on uh, Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter uh, are all thanks to Jen. And also, 
you can listen to her and the rest of the team on uh, our website at ourautoexpert.com or leave us comments there. We love to hear from you as long as they're nice things. Until next week, we'll see you then. Stay connected. Stay informed. This is Como News.